host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. All right, good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and today I have a really cool guest, Tara Davina, that's what I thought, but you know, you should see my last name. It gets butchered no matter how many times you tell people. But anyway, thank <laughs> you for coming and joining me today on the uh, Fearless Happiness Podcast. I'm excited to see how this goes. We're just going to have fun. Um, what I like to do is have you introduce yourself to the audience, like who you are and what you do, and then we're going to get rolling. Sounds amazing. So go ahead, introduce yourself, Tara. Okay. Well, I'm Tara Davina. And I am a creative business coach. I mentor creatives and entrepreneurs on how to bring their creativity forth in their business and how to make their creativity a business. So both and. Um, And I'm a huge proponent of having a career that really monetizes the things that bring us joy and make us really happy, Um, which is why I've pursued my own passions and joys, like being a musician. I'm working on a clothing line. I make jewelry. Um, I try to really just make money from the things I love to do. And I found that to be a huge key to my enjoyment of life. Right. You got to love what you do, right? Or it's work, as they say. But if you're in love with what you do, you're passionate about what you do, right? Like yourself, it doesn't seem like you're working, right? When you're doing things you love to do. What I like to do is ask ask my guests, like, what were, you know, getting to this point, what were some of the challenges, like, both personally and in business, like, that you had to overcome to get to where you are today? And we'll get into, like, you know, like you said, the creatives, like musicians, I know some of them, and, you know, they can be difficult. I know a couple myself. <laughs> I, we'll talk about those challenges, but how have you overcome those challenges, right, to, to get to where you are today with a big smile on your face and loving what you do? Yeah. Thanks for the question. I love this question so much. You know, I experienced pretty severe depression for most of my life and was the furthest thing away from happiness for so long. And I tried everything, you know, I even got myself this fantastic career in the music business as a record label executive. And so at the pinnacle of my career, I was under 30 and I was a vice president at the Warner music group and I had everything on the surface great, great friends, great um, people to work with, great projects, lots of money, great place to live, all of it. Right. And so on paper, I really should have been happy. Um, But in practice, I was so miserable and I, I couldn't figure out why, you know, I had no understanding or idea of how I could even get happy. You know, I went to all the therapists 
I tried all the psychiatric medicine that they offer on the planet. None of it did anything for me um, because it, as it turned out, my path to happiness was to um, break free of the matrix of conventional career path and life path and do something a little unusual, but I just didn't know that. So at some point, somebody invited me to go to Burning Man. Um, around 2008. And I went there and my my mind was really blown wide open at that point. At that point, I had not been exposed to anything outside my box. Right. <laughs> and um, I didn't really know about meditation or yoga or the idea that you could do something you loved. And I wound up meeting this group of people and everybody in this group was like up to something that they cared about. And um, even though I care about music, working in the music business the way that I did at a corporate label didn't feel productive or like it was the work I was doing felt like pointless and like nobody was actually benefiting from it except the company. Right. Right. And so all of these people were out there trying to create world peace in the middle East or like trying to make businesses based on positivity and personal development and mentorship. And I was just, I was just so curious how they got to the point where they had the confidence and the daring to try to do stuff like that. And very little of it succeeded, honestly, like they're all doing different things now, but it was just the, the, the spirit of it all that really changed my life forever. And I quit my career soon afterwards and went out on a search, like a soul search for my happiness. And, um, it, you know, came in the form of a lot of different things, but eventually I found my way to personal development, to spirituality, to well-being, to eating right, to taking good care of myself, to plant medicine, to, um, you know, and eventually to the careers that I, um, I, I own five businesses. I'm, I'm a super weirdo um, that I now enjoy. <laughs> so that's basically, that's the essence of my story. Right. But you're not a weirdo because um, I, I know a lot of people that do the, are in the same. Well, I'm on my early journey of entrepreneurship, so I get what you're talking about. Right. So there are a lot of ups and downs that go with it. Um, right. So when you tell me you own five businesses, there's a lot of people that, you know, that I know that do the same thing. And that's that's just their passion. Right. That's their purpose. They find something, they go after it. Right. Because like you said, the corporate nine to five isn't as fulfilling maybe as it was with our parents or grandparents, you know what I mean? Because that's how we grew up. And I'm sure that's the way thing. you get a job, you stay there for 30 years, retire, build a 401k, and that's it, right? But mm-hmm. I, I, I get what you say, right? When you're saying like, you don't feel fulfilled, like you're clocking in and out. It's like, okay, well, the company's benefiting, but I'm not really getting anything out of it, right? Because as a substance abuse counselor, luckily for me, I love that passion of mine is I love helping people get better or get well, or, you know, change their lives around. So, but I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. Right. I want to be like yourself and, and, and get out there and see what's what I can be creative and, and do for my life and for my family. Um, mm. You know what I mean? And uh, so like when you started, right, your, you know, depression, like I can totally relate. I went through a severe depression when I was about five years sober, like I didn't understand why, because I had everything going on, you know, that I needed at my kids back. And it was just a crazy time. And I'm like, okay, I have all this things to be, like you say, happy about, but like, I'm going, going to work, coming home, crawling into bed in, in a fetal position and not understanding what's going on here. Um, 
right? And then, you know, I make this brave decision like yourself to go, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to do my own thing, right? And that brings on its own challenges. So tell the audience, like some of the challenges that you've encountered, say now in business, like creating your first business. Now you have five, like we know it's not always sunshine and rainbow, as they say. And, and it takes a lot of, I say, you know, grit, fortitude, a lot of just passion and, and stuff to go. So let the audience know what that looked like. Mm. Well, my first challenge is unusual, or it sounds unusual, but it's actually really common, which is that when I first started out, I had access to too much money. And what I mean by that is when I left the music business, I had saved a lot of money because my lifestyle was very minimal, but my salary was maximal. Um, and so I had a whole pile of money and you'd think like, that's wonderful. You've got a bunch of money, like you can do anything you want and really make your business happen. But actually it's not true. At the beginning, the hungrier we are and the more we have to do it to make money, the better we're going to do. And the reason for that is because when the fears come up, which they inevitably will, because when we're our own boss, we're putting ourselves out there. Like it might be a product or a service or an offering, but we see ourselves in it. It's an extension of our heart right. and it's vulnerable. It's super vulnerable. And, and even though we might be like, oh, I can do this. I've got this. I'm so confident. There's the self-sabotage mechanism that comes online is very strong. And you need something stronger than that, which is survival, you know? And right. so not until I ran out of money, did I start becoming a real entrepreneur. It was not until then that I was able to marshal the creativity necessary to really do it properly. And I would say for a first time entrepreneur, this is going to always be true. If you've done it before, you already know how to be an entrepreneur. Someone right. gives you a bunch of money. That's great. <laughs> it's very helpful. Um, right. But in the beginning, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking of starting a business and you're worried because you don't have the resources and it seems like it would be really hard, that's mm. actually in your favor. It's going to work for you, not against you. And so the hungrier you are and the more that you want it, the more you're going to be able to overcome those challenges that we all have, right? To keep mm -hmm. going in the face of perceived failure, to keep going when it seems like nothing is working, to keep going when the, the voices of doubt and the criticism come in that say, you can't do this. You have no business doing this. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You should go back to your nine to five, blah, blah, blah. So, right? And, yeah. and that's tough, right? Because sometimes that voice can be very loud as you know, like you just want to go, okay, you know, blah, 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 you know, like, but it's hard not to hear those voices, right? Especially if you're new, like myself, right? And I have a lot writing on this, like have, I have a family, you know, grandchildren, children, all that good stuff that I, I just love. But see, like you said, that keeps me, that, that fear that creeps in, that, that's what keeps me going is because I have my wife and, and my family that go, I made some promises, I'm going to keep this. I don't care how long it takes, but I want to keep, and I'll keep pushing myself. Right. And it's also good to be surrounded like by like-minded people. I'm sure you are. You know what I mean? Like I, I belong to this network where it's a bunch of entrepreneurs that support each other and it's a pretty big network, but you know, from the top down, everybody gets treated the same and right. So if I need help, I can go to the people, like you said, that have already been there and done that. Hey, what did this look like when you went through it? And they'll tell you, they'll shoot you straight, say, you know, hold on to your chair because it's going to be a wild ride. Or, oh, you'll get through this. You just got to keep pushing yourself. You know what I mean? And um, it's just a crazy, crazy ride. Like, I'm sure you understand 
right? Because you've already shared with the right uh, with the audience. So, like, not only did you start one business, right? You have five. That's got to be crazy. So, how does that work in your life, and what does yeah. that look like? The challenges you have to overcome, you know, to make sure that each one is running well. You know what I mean? Um, well, I have a I have a specific and a general answer to that. So, specifically, how I manage five businesses is I allocate certain days to certain businesses so that I can really focus. That's number one. So like, you know, I'll have a rest day or, or a creativity day or a day where I'm like working on the actual business side of a particular business or a day where I'm doing um, client calls for a particular business. So I keep things nice and siloed so that I know what I'm doing and when. Number two is I have a lot of support. I have P- um, assistants and online business managers and um content producers and people to really support me and help me. This is 0% chance I could do five businesses as a solo operation. Having the right, right support, absolutely key. And it's never too soon to hire good support. People often think they need to make a certain amount of money. I would say, no, if you're making any money at all, you could afford to allocate a hundred bucks a month to hire someone to support you. It will give you wings. You will exponentially accelerate your growth. If you get in the habit of letting other people support you and taking things off your plate that you're not the best at or that aren't the best use of your time. And then number three, which is the more general answer, um, which is to increase my capacity for sensation. So this doesn't sound like a business tool, but it is. It's like the more businesses we have, the more stuff that's going to happen, the more fears that are going to come up, the more situations we're going to have to deal with. And the key is to be able to handle that. And in order to handle that, we have to increase our capacity, right? Our capacity to handle sensation because everything that happens is just causing feelings in us and how we respond to those feelings is how we're going to respond in the business. And so this is why I I love that you're um, a substance abuse counselor, right? Because substance abuse, so much of it is, um, we can't handle sensation. And so we're turning to a substance to help us with that, you know, and like everybody's got an addiction, you know, whether it's our phone or an actual substance or a person or work, you know, like we all have our coping mechanisms. And while, you know, it's, it's kind of a tall order to jettison them a hundred percent upgrading them is really key. It's really hard to be like a pothead and have a successful business. Honestly, it's hard unless you have the right people supporting you. Like, you need to have a certain amount of focus and you need to be able to handle the sensation. And if you're numbing out, um, that's not increasing the capacity. So a no. lot of times getting sober, is actually a really strong and important key to um, entrepreneurship. Yeah. You know, and it's funny that you said that because I've, I've listened to some people who used to, they said like in the beginning, you know, the, they were smoking weed, you know, and then their business wasn't going until they let that go and quit, whether they, you know, <laughs> right. And then what became their most important tool is that focus, right? So when they got rid of all that stuff, right, they can focus and then their business started to grow. Um, yeah. You know, and I like, yeah, I was the expert at numbing out and, and checking out, you know, like I was like, here, I'm Max is here. Where'd he go? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, uh, but you know, coming up on shoot 19 years this year, it's just been a wonderful journey to like where it's taken me 
my recovery and how it relates to being an entrepreneur, right? If, if I'm not all in in my recovery, I won't be there. If I'm not all in being an entrepreneur, nothing's really going to work out, right? Because I can't have one foot in and one foot out and expect to do well, right? And it's the same with being sober. Uh, I've learned is like, you can't be on the fence. You're either all in or you're all out, you know? And the people, I've just never seen it work when you're half in, half out. And um, so it's been a lesson for me. And, and, you know, talking to people like yourself who, who've already been there, done that and, and in the entrepreneur world, you know, and something you said that struck with me, because that's a lot of the people I know do the same thing. They block their time, right? So, you know, they block time for fitness. They block time for their family. They block time. This is my business time. You know what I mean? And that's the common theme in doing this podcast and with the people that I've had on here who are very successful is what you said, they block time, whether it's for one business or five, right? One day is this business. This is what they're going to do this day. This next day is this, right? And my ADD, I have to learn. I got to work a little bit more on my focus, <laughs> you know, because I can go from, from the bedroom to the kitchen and make three different detours before I get what I want to get. But blocking the time is is getting better for me and, and understanding how that works. So that's that's awesome to hear because that means I'm on the right track and the people that are in my audience, I'm sure they're listening going, yep, we've heard this before. Cool. This is what we need to hear. So how do you, you know, mix business with family time or pleasure? You know what I mean? Because it, it, it can't like if people are listening and they're new, they, they are probably go, how do they do it? You know, it gets overwhelming. So share with the audience how you overcome those challenges. As much as possible, I try to make my business something that's monetizing a thing that I do already, right? If I do right. that, like, let's say, so if I'll give an example. I play music, right? And um, while there isn't a ton of money for a small artist in, sell, in streaming or music sales, right? That's not a place right. to make money. Um, I do love to play for people who are in deep meditative states, right? And so I got myself a gig playing music um, for meditation groups and wow. for healing circles, right? So, um, and it's um, it's not like a huge chunk of my income, but it's something I'm doing already that I love to do that now I'm getting paid for, you know? And it does right. feed the music. People then hear that they look me up on Spotify. They want to listen to the songs that they had a really profound experience with. So that's just one example. Um, you know, another example is that I love mentoring people around being creative in business and people call me all the time for that advice. And so now they pay me, right? It's just something that I do for a living. So I try to avoid creating new things to do that aren't things that are already in my flow. And instead I just look for ways I can make the things I'm already doing profitable. That leaves me time, time and energy to have for my friends and family and free time. The other thing is I love collaborating with my partner, you know, and um, that's something that I really find super valuable that we are on the same page. We're both entrepreneurs. We love to do the same things. There's overlap in what we do. And I think, um, you know, for anyone who's single, that's something to consider with your choice of partner. You know, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, finding a partner who um, wants that same lifestyle, who, you know, wants the same amount of free time as you so that you can really sync yeah. up and um, go on work retreats together and go brainstorm together and, and integrate the two so that they're not totally separate. Right. And that's, that's how you find 
peace and serenity, right? When you're both on the same page, right? Like my wife doesn't always understand this entrepreneurship, but she does. Sometimes she knows more about it. And she's checked me and said, well, why don't you look at it this way? And I, and I love it, right? Because she sees things that I might not see. And, and it, we make a wonderful team. Um, you know, but my promise to her one day is to have her quit her nine to five, right? Which she wants to do eventually. And that's what I'm going to keep is that promise. If anything else, I'm going to keep that one for her. Um, but I, I, you know, on this journey to get to meet people like yourself, you know, that are amazing at what they do. And like you said, they just found something they were already doing and they've learned to turn it into a business. Cause when you love you, I'm going to say it again, when you love something, it's not work, you know, and you, you know, when you love like music, that's not work for you. That's just something you do all the time. Go ahead. It, yes, and there, I mean, yes, and, and this is a lesson I had to learn as an entrepreneur. There are going to be some components to every business that feel like work. And my strategy <laughs> is um, delegate as much as possible. Hire that bookkeeper, you know, like um, hire a graphic designer. I love graphic design, but I'm terrible at it. So it's work because it takes me hours to do something that would take someone else five minutes, you know, like outsourcing yeah. those things as much as possible. But then also just, you know, hey, it's tax season and I have to be knee deep in paperwork right now for my five businesses. And is it fun? No, there is literally nothing fun about tax season. And it's just like, it's just something I have to do. So I like to think of the like the 80-20 rule where, you know, 80% of my businesses is stuff I really like doing. And then there's going to be 20% that is unavoidably stuff I don't like doing. And I do think it's important to have that reality check as an entrepreneur, which is that, um, especially in the beginning, you're going to be wearing lots of hats. And so there will be some things that are not fun that are included. Right. Like Andy Priscilla likes to say, you know, those are the critical tasks that'll move you forward. You might not like them, but they're important that you do them or you're not going to go anywhere, you know? And, you know, I listen to other podcasts like his and and other people that are are very successful on how they do it. And they always say, yeah, the 80, 20 rule, right. You're always going to have a part, part, a portion of your business where you're like, yeah, this is work today. I I, I got to get it done. Right. Or it's not going to get done. Like you said, um, which right the audience will understand like it's not always fun and games but if you do it right it's going to pay off in the end and then you're going to have that time freedom right because for me that's what i want i want that time freedom it's not about you know of course money i got to pay bills right but for me it's having that freedom to like go on a trip with my wife or the grandkids and, and do some fun stuff right um so that'll lead me into some of the questions I love to ask my my uh, guests, right? I wrote a book. I called it Fearless Happiness, right? With the why. I don't know if you could see it. Yeah. <laughs> and the happiness. So, right, being an entrepreneur, right, and quitting your your career to to become your own boss. Like, what does fearless look like to you, and how does that show up in your life today? Yeah. So, I believe that fearless actually means it doesn't mean you don't have fear it means that you know how to handle fear right that you can walk alongside fear that you can say yes to the fear and classify it as excitement instead of letting the fear stop you right so to me that's what fearlessness is right it's facing your fears despite your fear i get it yeah. and we i got to do that every day right we do that every day so 
Um, it never stops. The fear never goes away because we're always expanding and there's something scary that we have to face. And like, that's the reality is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. That is the path. See, and that's what a lot of my guests say, you know, and it's like, well, that's what David Goggins, I don't know if you know who he is, ex-Navy SEAL who wrote a book can't, called Can't Hurt Me, who's extreme about being living in that uncomfortability, you know what I mean? Excuse me. Um, but that's what he said. You got to learn how to be uncomfortable or get comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Because if everything is running smooth, then how are you going to learn? I, what my, I like to say is when I'm uncomfortable, that's how I'm learning to grow, right? That's why there's a lesson I need to learn. And I need to move forward by learning that lesson. And until I learn it, it's going to keep popping up, right? So it gives me a chance to overcome my fears and, and all that good stuff. Um, so knowing I put the why in happiness, what does happiness look like to you? And how does that show up in your life on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. To me, happiness is being in alignment with my truth. And... What that means to me is that if there's something where in my life, like a major thing, especially that feels a little off, like it's a relationship or one of my businesses or something where I'm like, it's just not quite a full yes, making the changes to be in my full yes in as many places in my life as possible. It leads me to a deep sense of peace and joy that is only accessible when I'm in my truth. When I'm telling myself lies about things like, oh, I can do this, or I like this, or this is good enough, or there's no problem, it works. That's when I'm unhappy. And so for me, it's very simple. It's about being in that alignment. And for me, some of the things that are in alignment are having time to be creative. If I don't have time to be creative, be immersed in beauty, be fully expressed, I'm not very happy, right? Like that is an important piece of my alignment. Um, For me, that's really number one. And number two is being in relationship that works, right? Like that is the number one thing I see holding entrepreneurs back that has nothing to do with business um, from happiness and success is they're in a relationship that's not working and they're either not doing anything about it, like going to therapy or making the relationship better, um, or they're not meant to be in it and they're not leaving. And like those types of things can really rob us of our happiness. Um, They can also destroy our capacity to create and be an entrepreneur. So also very, very, very important. Exactly. Cause if you're not, you know, having a, if it's not in alignment, you're how are you going to focus on right? Doing what you need to do for your business when everything over here is in chaos or not going well, you know, and you're trying to ignore it, right? It's what a good addict does. They just try to ignore it and then numb and then not deal with it. So thank you for that. That's, that was awesome. Um, Okay. Those were great definitions, right? Face your fears despite having fear and being truthful to yourself. You know, what is it? I think it's a a Shakespeare quote, right? To thine own self be true. I've heard that many, many times over the years that I've had to live by, or I probably wouldn't be sitting here with you, right? Because I had to learn to stop lying myself in order to stop lying to everybody else. So once I'm like you, once I'm honest with myself, and then I can be honest with the people around me. so, uh, Tara, um, I like to ask. So, if if my audience wants to reach out to you because they need a business coach or they want to work with you, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so it's super easy. You can just go to taradavina.com 
And if you go there, you can actually sign up to download my free five-day course called Create and Flow, which will give you a taste of who I am and how I teach, you know, or a bigger taste than you just got right now. <laughs> um, and it's totally free. And it's actually a course um, that I was going to charge a lot for. And then I just, I just decided to have it be free. Um, it's got some of my best work in there. I hope you enjoy it. It's my gift to you. And if you want to explore further with me, there's a work with me page on there. You can check it out. And of course, check out my music. Um, you can just search for me on Spotify, Tara Davina, or anywhere that you love to listen to music. Awesome. Enjoy. Cool. That's a good, yeah. So I, I wish I, I, I wish there's part of me that wishes that I learned how to play an instrument because I am like two left feet when it comes to any instrument or trying to sing, I will clear a room and it's not because I'm good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but um, I always look up to people who, who can play instruments or, you know what I mean? Or a creative in that area because, you know, good music, you can't go wrong. There are people who can sing and I know it's just been a wonder, wonderful time to have you on here and share your journey with us. Um, any last thoughts that you would like to leave any pieces of advice you'd like to leave for the audience before we go our separate ways? Yeah, just that no matter how far away you think you are from happiness, from having the life that you desire, just know that incredible, insane transformations are possible in a year, in a year's time. If you have a sincere desire or intention to shift your life or your situation, you will be absolutely stunned and amazed. If you commit yourself to that intention for one year, the amount of difference that can happen. You could go from being um, single and broke and in debt and working a job you hate and miserable house, all of that, and have it all change in less than a year. I've seen it happen. I've been through it multiple times. I've seen it happen multiple times. Like Just know that wherever you are right now, your max maximum one year away from where you want to go. Just right. trust that putting one foot in front of the other, because you've got this and it really truly is possible no matter what your situation is. Absolutely. I believe. And the whole thing is with that, like I agree, it's just not quitting, right? It's not quitting on yourself. And no matter what happens, because that, that negative dance, you can pop up in your brain. I like to do it, you know, and, but listen to what Tara said, you know, just don't quit on yourself. One foot in front of the other and just keep plugging. And the changes you'll see will happen. Uh, and you'll be like, wow, who was that last year? That wasn't me, was it? <laughs> but I appreciate you so much for coming on and being a guest. This was wonderful, Tara. Tara, or is it Tara or Tara? It's Tara. 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 <laughs> I want to make sure I say it right. So. Um, I appreciate you coming on and taking the time out of your busy schedule. Thank you so much for a wonderful, being a wonderful guest. I appreciate you. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a treat to be here and to get to know you and to get to chat with you. So thank you. We may do this again. I love okay. uh, revisiting <laughs> my guests and you know, like you said, Hey, what's going on now? So yeah, keep in mind that I'll be uh, reaching out to you to do this again sometime. That sounds wonderful. Thank you. Thank you.